Each week on Emergency, you will hear discussions from EMTs, paramedics, physicians, respiratory therapists, nurses, and other healthcare professionals who are experienced providers in emergency medical care. These guests discuss their personal experiences in the world of emergency, as well as what it takes to provide care in some of the most stressful environments possible. There will also be honest conversations with people who have received emergency medical care, and they will bravely share their experiences as a patient who may have needed an emergency intervention. Expect funny, educational, and insightful conversations, which will illuminate the humanistic side of an often misrepresented profession. The Emergency Podcast is hosted by me, Samantha Barella, owner of Emerge Education Solutions, and I'm also a currently licensed paramedic. I want to give you a heads up that um, our episode today may contain some profanity language as well as some uh, gross descriptions about human anatomy and injuries and illnesses. So listener discretion is advised. Let's jump into our episode. Welcome back to the Emergency Podcast with me, Samantha, and all my lovely lady friends for some more girl on girl action. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I love the title. It's just, <laughs> I, I'm getting, if you guys could see the looks that I'm getting in the studio from everyone. Uh, but I, I, think, I think, Samantha, awesome. wait, you need to back up. And I don't think we ever mentioned, like, we are all good friends from <laughs> a long Does time ago. Does it even ago. matter, though? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kind of. I, I, think, yes. I think you're good friends with everyone, but Shannon and I don't know each other that I've, well. I've I met to. you a couple yeah, times. We've met, but yeah, for sure. It was, oh. like, more like it's in the like, like, hospital, yeah. like, are you I feel off. like we're good friends because we're oh. all, um, you know, because we're lady firefighters. Yeah. And we're are you friends now? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, well all, uh-oh. No fighting. No, no fighting. fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's over me. <laughs> then okay. I'll um, allow it. <laughs> um, I'm so glad then that I got to bring you guys together. Yeah, and hopefully make. you'll be able. I know. <laughs> I have a secret talent. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm really glad I got to bring... Um, all of you. I think uh, you three are so diverse, but again, share so many similarities um, that I think it's making for a really good show. That's why I want to keep going and record the second episode. So thank you for hanging in there and staying um, yeah. to keep chatting. Um, we were talking about the physical um, previously when we ended the last episode, we were talking about the physical aspect of the challenge, the challenges we face and not just us as females, but any person wanting to get into the fire service, male or female, there's these physical challenges that we all, challenges we must all overcome. So um, we were talking about that, but I was hoping to lead it into a conversation about diversity. Um, And I think, Faith, you're probably uh, the best person to talk about this right now. (laughs) Is uh, diversity, and I know it is something that you are um, currently interested in and and really working toward making changes when it comes to diversity but i want to be clear that the diversity just isn't in gender it there's other parts of that that you're working toward right so can you share a little bit about that with us um sure i i i yeah i don't really know how quite how vulnerable to get but i'll say (laughs) it's okay i have tissues (laughs) tissues. well i think it's you know i think even for in my experience, even for me to say, like, oh, I'm supportive of women in the fire service, that's something I wouldn't have been willing to say five years ago. Like, I just didn't feel comfortable enough with myself to to feel that way. 
or to say that out loud, I guess I should say. Um, I pretty much when when I got hired, it was pretty much like, oh, I'm just one of the guys. Don't pay attention to my gender. Don't don't look at me any differently. Mm-hmm. Don't um, like pretend I'm not a woman, please, if you can. Um, and and, you know, I just that was kind of my MO for the first however many years. And then I think there were a few things. So like over um over time, I, I think primarily on scenes, it was sexual assault calls or assault calls in general. I, I I just encountered so many patients who were like, you know, they'd look me in the eye and say, "I'm so glad there's a woman here. Thank you." And um, <laughs> that was that was one time when I started to think like, okay, well, that's thank you for for sharing that with me. Um, but if if you called tomorrow or yesterday, there wouldn't be a woman mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the first time where I started thinking. Um, that maybe it, maybe my gender could actually be an asset and some, instead of something that I was just trying to like, ah, don't look at my gender. I'm just, it's too, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and um, to the point where we, we haven't really, we haven't hired and retained a female in, since me. I'm the least senior female in the department right now. Um, and so we're kind of like trying to take a look inside and, and figure that out. And, and along with that, we um, we haven't hired any like openly gay men and we have, there's just, um, I suspect that there are lots of departments out there in similar positions um, who just have kind of a lack of, of diversity in many demographics and perhaps most notably like uh, gender. For us, it seems like the most obvious ones are, are gender and, and uh, sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and race, too. I'll throw in the race card there, too, because um, Sahaj and I talked about some of the research that he did related to race and um, pain management of uh, African Americans and and the disparities that exist. Um, un- unconscious bias, I guess, was really the topic of the conversation, and and it, and it's linked to that is that the EMS is not diverse enough within race, gender, uh, sexual orientation, but that's the population we're serving, and so I think. If I'm understanding you correctly, Faith, you're saying that you're taking a look at you're on a committee that's taking a look at the department to see why it is not reflective of the community that they're serving. Yeah, I um, that's I think that was the, the that was kind of the chief's wishes. But then there was a lot of pushback of like, well, we're not going to be we're not going to be age um, reflective of our population, and we're not going to be ability reflective of our population, and we're not going. So there's like. I think just to say, oh, I want a department or a military or a police force or whatever that's exactly reflective of the population. There's a little bit of a like, okay, but <laughs> like an asterisk, right? Um, right. But we could do better. Sure. Th- that's not you, right? Like ev- all of us probably in everywhere where we work could do better. The, I think right? the bottom line is that any any team in any industry is going to function better with a variety of, of perspectives. Period. Yes. So it, you know whether it's um, different religions, different political affiliations, different mindsets, different backgrounds, and different demographics. Demographics are the ones that are the easiest to look at objectively. And and when we're talking about the fire service, we're talking about how well we perform as a team in EMS or on on fires or on whatever other types of hazards we go on. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's important to have diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thoughts? Do do you ladies have thoughts on that? I mean, I think we were talking at least about the physical aspect. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of those things where is that an intentional thing that has been in place for so long? And is it is it purposefully to keep women out Mm -hmm. or is it just I mean, we all know the fire service, right? Like change is like it's like a four letter word. 
we hate change. And, yeah. and then when there is change, everyone everyone complains about it. Um, and it takes a long it time takes a for long it to catch time on for right? things to happen. Yeah. And again, like you know, like we said in the last segment, like I'm, no one, I don't think anyone at this table is advocating for making the standards easier for women. But if you have a standard that specifically, for whatever reason, makes it difficult for a certain population, specifically what we're talking about right now, women out of the fire service, then maybe that just needs to be looked at. You know, like you know, there are there are ways that you can test for functional strength for what we do on the job that maybe wouldn't knock out so many, um, you know, so many females from the application process. What about a welcoming aspect? You know, like right. when we uh, advertise for employment, it's it's really just, hey, you want to be a firefighter? You, you want to be, be a, a lifesaver? You want to be made for TV all dripping with sweat? I mean... You know, like really, we we leave it up to the imagination of the culture that you know we serve, right? And so, and it, what if we had uh, the testing process that was formalized and and to the best of everyone's input, put together fairly for you know to to be functional for the job? What if uh, there was a train mini training sessions on hey, you know, if you feel you have weaknesses coming into this testing process? we're going to get you on the right step to training up for it. So maybe, Samantha, had you had uh, guidance um, for your training up to your testing, mm-hmm. would you have been able to accomplish your you know, successful passing of those tes- tests sooner? I, I think so. I think um, you know the furthest I got or the closest I yeah. got was the first time I tested. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had had some guidance or – you know, been able to practice a few times or something like that, that may have been the little bit of an advantage that I needed to make, to meet the standard that was required at the time. Right. So if we did a little more diverse advertising and then offered maybe a skilled uh, educational, you know, an orientation orientation Mm -hmm. before you even tested. So you knew it was expected of you. Because I didn't pass my first time around, but mm-hmm. the second time I knew it was coming. Exactly. Yeah, yeah our department is doing orientations and is is accepting. So if you happen to pass it the day of your orientation, you don't you get certificate and you don't have to come back. What? Oh, crazy, really? right? That's crazy. <laughs> um, which That's is nice. which is cool. <laughs> but nice. I also, I mean, when I D- Daisy, when I hear you talking, I I can't help but think like, let's just come clean mm-hmm. as an industry and say. When you you were talking about like we're going to be poster boys, we're going to have our sweat glistening, we're going to be showing our biceps, we're going to be wearing. It's like well, maybe, but more often we're going to be like at the bus stop helping somebody who's down on their luck. Um, and let's let's be honest about what the job is like, and we might start to recruit a start to recruit people that are like, oh, I didn't realize that you could help people in so many different ways, and. I wasn't really into being a poster boy, but I am into helping the person at the bus stop, and. That, that would be cool. And you also don't have the burnout of like, wait, I got into this job thinking it was one thing. Right. And now that's it's a, so different. That's a huge right. issue. Right. Yeah. Like so many people are like, man, I'm sick of all this. You know, where are the, where are the fires at? You know, <laughs> yeah. hellfire and brimstone because that's what I signed up for. And you're like, oh. Well, that's not what we do. <laughs> Sometimes it is. I feel like I'm, I feel like definitely in um, the more rural department, I I didn't fight fires nearly as often. I was actually surprised when I went to 
the more urban department how many fires we do that is fight. so interesting right? um but it's still i mean and but then they'll we'll be like they'll be you know dry spells or they'll be and i don't know sometimes i think it's just your luck right like when i was on probation i thought i had so many fires and i was like well, I was, like, shocked. I was all like, I'm like, we actually fight fires Just here. because of the sheer number of oh, structures sure. within a small area. Absolutely. And the complex structures Well, and the fact the that we're, like, you know, in, in, you know, in the more rural setting, unfortunately, too, you're very far away. So right. even if you do get a fire, most of the time it's you're going to go defensive. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's not anyone's yeah. fault. That's nope. just geography and then water supply and all totally. this other stuff. So it was very different. So we, we do fight a lot of fire. So I do think that I, that that is very important, but for the most part, we still run the majority of our calls are EMS calls, mm-hmm. and the mo- and depending obviously on which station you're at, you are dealing with you know people that are you know down at the bus stop and that are down on their luck and are having a bad day and you know what some people would call kind of BS calls, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that d- people can get burned out and that you know compassion exhaustion can can happen but if you kind of go into it knowing that that's that you that you're going to have to be able to do all of this but it's mostly going to be EMS then I don't think that you would have quite the same you know shock when people get in and they're like oh yeah this is this is what we you know we do both mm-hmm. you do have to be prepared to for the structure fire yes but most of the time you're going to be running EMS calls. Right. And let's be real. The structure fire is a lot of work. A lot, <laughs> a lot of work. And it's not all fun. At first it's fun. But then when you're having to clean up the mess, that's not always the funnest. <laughs> Salvage and overhaul. Yeah. It's so much work, you know. Um, so so I don't – I think people are in it for like the Hollywood of it. Some, some people get into it thinking it's the Hollywood that they see in the movies. But – it's truly not. Fire in and of itself is so much work. And you're doing all that work while you're wearing all this equipment that adds to your the bulk of you, right? So it's just incredibly challenging. And um, I, I really admire it. Even though I don't do it anymore, I admire all of you that are still doing it because it's a lot of work. I love the fire side of it. I mean, but I also love both. And I think that's the thing where um, – and in my department, there's a pretty big division um, just in terms of like – the fire, the suppression side, and then the EMS side. Like we all do it, but um, you know those. I I'm on a rescue, so I don't. I still do a lot of the fire stuff, but I'm not like where I was in the in the rural department where I had to do everything. Yeah. Right. But I still love. Like I I really I still love fighting fire. Mm-hmm. Um. Even though it is a lot of work and it is difficult and it is challenging, and I think that I like the challenge of the fact that we don't do this every day. Um. And we get to, you know, we get to do this really cool thing. And, and yeah. it, it is pretty awesome. It is um, super cool. But. Fire is super cool. It's just so much work. It is. It's a lot of work. Um, okay. So I want to spend our time now kind of getting a little bit personal. Um, and I'm curious to hear your stories about something that has been really challenging for you within your career so far an event or maybe even just a situation, it could be a call, whatever. But something that was challenging for you um, and the challenge was because you are female, had you been male, that not that would not have been a challenge or an obstacle or something that you would have had to face. Um, but it's a challenge specifically because of you being female and just the nature of the way the profession is set up. So it's not like a ding on 
your department or a ding on an individual. It just, this is the way that the profession and the industry operates. And it's in these ways, not very friendly to anyone who's has a gender of female specifically. Mm -hmm. But had you been male, it wouldn't have even been an issue. So who wants to go first? <laughs> you guys are... I'll go first. I'll go first because I have the easy one. Uh, okay. So I'm curious brave. to see which I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. I'm going to give you a pick your own adventure. <laughs> okay. Well, so I had a I had a baby. I have a 14 month old. And that whole process was super interesting and informative. So um, give conception. <laughs> no, oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, like conception <laughs> has present like it's in, it's different being a woman than a man or a female than a male in the conception process in the fire service. So like. I was talking to Sam about this before, but, you know, any exposure that we have um, physically that affect that could affect our ova that we have from birth. Right. <laughs> Whereas a man won't have a, a problem with an exposure from a week ago if he conceives a child a week later. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's like that's one area where gender can be different or where there can be unique. Uh, yeah. Differences for women and men. Um, then you can talk about pregnancy, light duty, all that type of stuff. And then. Um, FMLA was challenging for me, like so just the, the leave of taking off after childbirth. And then, um, I mean, the childbirth process itself was interesting, but not didn't relate to the fire service in any way. Thank goodness. <laughs> if it involved an ambulance or a fire truck, I would have been pissed. <laughs> I, didn't. I would not. If it were me, uh-uh. Yeah, no. Uh, I'll call an Uber. Yeah, no, I was like, him. I'm checking myself into the hospital because none of my coworkers are going to be up in my stuff, right? No. Oh, hell right. no. Right, so. And I'm going to Denver. Right. <laughs> Just uh, to be safe. I didn't yeah. go that far, but, um, but I... Oh, yeah. Anyway, I digress. So, uh, so ch like childbirth, um, the leave afterwards, and then having like so breastfeeding was this huge issue, or, or lactation, um, and then having a having a kiddo. So those are all. Uh, um, I'm happy to talk to talk to any of those, but they're all challenges that I think were unique to to my gender. And I know I can hear some maybe some men saying like, "Well, I have a kiddo, so fuck you." <laughs> it's like, well, it's um, there's just yeah, there are parts about being a mother that are different than being a father. Totally. Because well, when you leave, you know, because I mean, I have a two-year-old, but I, my wife delivered and gave birth. But I, I always thought about that where I'm like, if I had to, if I had to go back to work and then you're still trying to, you're still lactating, you're still breastfeeding. Yeah. How are you supposed to leave your infant? Your, I mean, right? technically, if you get 12 weeks, even 12 weeks, right? You're trying. You're supposed to leave your 12 week old child for two days yeah. like that's something that I don't think a lot it was of people a mind trip about. and for me like the most the thing that I hadn't thought about that was the most surprising was that so my baby at 12 weeks which is kind of when I went back on shift I had done a little bit of light duty work before that um so I went back to the office before that but at 12 weeks was about when I went back on shift and my baby hadn't learned uh how to roll over yet so I I didn't really think about that beforehand, but I was watching the baby. First of all, I got an online baby monitor, which I always swore I wouldn't do because I don't want like people being able to see blah, blah, and people can like, you know, get into your baby monitors or whatever. And so then I got, watch you all creepy. Well, like, I hope not. Now I'm like, why am I even saying this? But um, <laughs> Don't give people ideas. <laughs> right, <I> exactly. <laughs> so I was always like, I'm never going to have an online baby monitor. That's disgusting. But of course, I got one before going on shift. And then I would just be up in my bunk on shift watching him and like, 
zoomed in on his chest and like I, I, I don't know god what if he flips it what if he flips onto his belly and then he doesn't know how to flip over and I'm watching him die like I just wasn't in a biological place where I felt ready to be separated sleeping separated from my from my kiddo it was yeah. just a trip Wow, I'm really glad you shared that experience because as you're talking, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes yeah. on how anxious I would feel, like the anxiety of just having to watch it and not having the 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 assurance or the... Like being able to reach over. And... Yeah, or, or to just be like, yeah, like just not having... You couldn't do anything about it. You're helpless, basically. Well, if you're at I, and I would like, I'd text my husband if I got super angry, or I'd be like, I haven't seen him breathe in three minutes. Can oh you please God. touch him? And he's like, Oh my God, babe. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's I'm like, curious. I've done this before. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You know that, right? <laughs> But what, what was your experience like going back after? I was, um, so I was really fortunate, um, in that where I work now, we got, um, we got 12 paid weeks off, which was amazing. In addition, um, of your sick, sick So it wasn't your... it wasn't taken out of my sick or my vacation. It was 12 free weeks. And Is I that did- for parental? For, it's for parental leave, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, cool. that's a benefit just through your- Through the city. Through the city. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty progressive because Absolutely. there's a lot of places well, it, fighting for that it benefit just literally, Well, most of the time people don't understand. So FMLA, okay, great. You're given 12 weeks off, but it comes out of your sick or your vacation or, yeah. or, or it's unpaid. Or it's unpaid, right? It's mm-hmm. just 12 weeks during which your employer can't fire you. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, but I was paid and I, um, I was able to do a month of trades. So right when my baby was born, I had a month home um, with just trades. And then I went back to work for two months and then I was off for for 12 weeks with her so that was amazing because um i i mean but had i actually physically given birth i completely like i was like i don't know how anyone would be able to to go back to work and leave their in their 12 week old infant for two days it's one thing i mean and i think it's it's hard for any anybody to leave their baby male female whatever but especially when you're breastfeeding and and you're gone for for 48 straight hours. Yeah. That's a completely different ball of wax, in my opinion. So I was very fortunate that I, I ahead of time, I did a month of trades, and then I got three uh, basically paid months off with her. So That's it was so awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I was very I'm, lucky. I love the idea also of the parental leave for either gender, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of workplace equality, if you mm-hmm. talk about it, that's that's a benefit to women when men take paternity leave. Right. It's it's also a benefit to women because the more that both genders take off to raise a, a kid, the less women will be stigmatized as like, oh, God, she's going to get pregnant and yeah. have a kid and be out of work for a while. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, no, moms and dads are going to do that. And we raise kids as a society. It's part of what we do. Mm, well, and the benefit of the kid. But just specifically that baby, right? Because that baby's learning the bonding as well and trying to bond. If 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 dad doesn't take that time, they could miss out on certain types of bonding with that human being. Because usually it's the moms that stay home, right? And the dads stay home for a little while and then go back to work. But it's I, I agree with you, Faith, that it should be for both genders so that that and it's not even about those individuals. It's about that baby mm-hmm. and that be- baby being able to build those bonds with both mom and dad or mom, yeah. mom, and yeah. mom, mom yeah. and mom, dad and dad, whoever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that it's just one of those things that it's not talked about in the fire service a lot. And it is a, it is a huge challenge if you physically give birth and then, you know, you're trying to return. I've, I've watched a lot of women mm-hmm. and in my department do it. And I'm always just like, you are a badass. Like it really is. I, it, I don't know how 
you know, it's difficult. It is a challenge that I don't think a lot of administrations think about and a lot of like other people, you're like, oh yeah, I mean, I maybe one day want to have a kid, but being a firefighter, being gone for those two days, it's hard for childcare or just in general, you know, being gone from your kid. Hard. How do you just okay? I I don't have any kids, so this might sound like a dumb question. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> How do, do you just freeze your breast milk and then you thaw it out over the two days, or like what do you do with it, like for to get that baby through two days of you being gone? Yeah, um. So it's so breast milk, freshly expressed breast milk, freshly pumped breast milk lasts for four to six days. Mm. So it was, my question was always like, so I would pump during, so I get on shift and then the first pump, after the first pump, I have enough where my husband can come pick it up and we can kind of like snowball that, right? So like I'll, I'll have, let's say 20 ounces and he can come pick that up and then maybe come the second day and pick that up. And so that's all fresh. And, and there are antioxidants in breast milk that, um, that decrease over time. So every day that that is between the expression and the baby eating it, it loses some antioxidants. So you want to give it to the baby as soon as possible right. after expression. And so, uh, and then freezing it loses all those antioxidants at once. So um, frozen um. breast milk is, it's definitely, I mean, I have a hundred ounces of frozen breast milk. I thawed breast milk yesterday to supplement what I was pumping on Sunday to give to my son in uh, daycare, but it's, it's not, I'm not, meaning to like stigmatize frozen breast milk but it's kind of I tried to do as much fresh milk as I could so that was <laughs> it was like were you able to make it work um it, it, and still now yeah I had a goal to um to breastfeed just to like follow the um the well there's like the CDC guidelines on breastfeeding is to breastfeed for a year and then the World Health Organization is two years and I, I wanted to make it to one year um which is exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months and and I was able to do that, um, but it was definitely I, I didn't I wasn't blessed with good supply. I don't I don't know what your wife was like, but it was hard. <laughs> yeah, um, so I was like pumping all the time, and it was a shit show on on shift. So that was that's wow. a story in and of itself. Gosh, it's yeah, just something that, that you don't you don't think about unless it's something that you're faced with. You know, I yeah. mean, I remember when I worked in with in your guys's department there used to be a female sheriff officer who would stop off at yep. the station mm -hmm. and she would pump because she was just in her car you know she had nowhere right. to i have actually to do it so it this like, is what's in my lunchbox um <laughs> these are my pumps that i'm gonna wear on the on the car ride home oh, i was gonna <laughs> say no. Faith, i do not want to taste your breast milk <laughs> I, I we're friends it. but uh, there's I a line you. I love you but not like that not like that <laughs> those things look high tech yeah right they're high tech they're like yeah they're, it's good uh, I wish I, I maybe someday that we'll be able to provide those to all uh, women public safety <laughs> personnel right. so that they can pump on the fly yeah, yeah. I like it. wow you're the like the expert Faith so if if anyone needs, if anyone <laughs> is struggling with a similar issue, <laughs> you should reach out to Faith. Uh, she yeah, is the and expert. I know I I wasn't. I have some friends who are in that process also, and they my the two friends that I talk with every day have like awesome supply, and it's just not even <laughs> for me, especially if you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I, like, well, but being gone from your kid for two days doesn't mm -hmm. help that, right? Uh, yeah, it because don't you need that? Those yeah, so you need like so you need to see your, mm -hmm, or you whatever, to see your yeah, baby yeah. every so often in order to produ produce the correct hormones mm. to encourage Don't worry, Asian, I didn't know any of this either until you know, I was just like, but you no, know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. So. You literally had me at baby camera. I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> I do the camera. same thing with my dogs. Do you? 
I'm like, babe, I have not seen Fuyo move from his pillow. Yes. <laughs> Stressful. Go and then do you, like, do you push the microphone button and you're like, yeah. Fuyo. I like kind of whis- whistle a little bit because I don't want to confuse him, but I want to rouse him. Right. Rouse him. Uh, so that's where you lost me. Uh, but wow. I'm, I, like you, Shannon, like watching your coworkers uh, accomplish these incredible feats of humanity on the job <clears throat> is pretty Im- incredible, you know? And it's sort of like, okay, but now where are your five muscle ups? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so hard I hear you say that. And then I think of like, oh, but what about the guys that I was on shift with who were like, oh, faith pumping again? Like, you know, the pumping accommodations were tough on, on shift. And I there were two calls that I did not go on in those um, while I was pumping that the company officer ended up being like, oh, it's fine. We'll take care of this. But other than that, it didn't turn out to be this like thing where I missed a bunch of calls. But just setting setting it up in advance and trying to hold the department to like what 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 is the plan? <laughs> that was I, I think like most departments don't have one. Right. They don't yeah. have a right. policy. There I mean, isn't really a good no. like when mm-hmm. you know when they're like, what do you recommend? I'm like, sorry, we need to have a big conversation because there isn't a way to accommodate the federal law and be on shift necessarily. Like we can do some best practices, but mm-hmm. really like maybe offer light duty for that year or some some other schedule. But if in sh- short of that, it's kind of like. Mm, that's, I mean, at least nature. if you want to, you should have of the course. opportunity. Yeah. Like, not everybody, like, fine, if you don't want to breastfeed or you can't breastfeed or, or you, you want know, to pump on the fly. Or you want, right. It's just like, but it's, but you should have the opportunity. And so those are things that, again, I didn't really think about until yeah, I had a kid. Yeah. I, I like, never thought about it till you <clears throat> told me about it, Faith. I was like, oh, yeah, that is interesting. I never. I never really thought about it. And I think it was when you were at the college for one of the advisory committee oh, yeah. meetings that you had talked about it. So I was like, wow, that's interesting. Because um, I brought I brought my baby to an advisory committee meeting and Sahaj was like, oh, do you want to go to the lactation room to feed him? And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> what, is, what is that? Oh Show God. me where it is. <laughs> yeah. It's a room with I a know. rocking chair. I was going to say there's like a rocking chair. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. It, but when I was naively going into this um, just over a year ago, I was like, oh, maybe my department could become like a breastfeeding friendly community wide organization and be like somewhere where women can pop in and pump if they need to. And Santa, there's like this map of all these locations that have that are breastfeeding friendly. And that didn't end up being a possibility. <laughs> I could see a lot of pushback. Yeah. 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 On that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. I guess. But we have community rooms that are owned by the public that seem like they should be. A, yeah. I, I, I wonder how many women listening would love to have that kind of thing. Right. Like a. A little a safe place if you need to pump you can pump like right. safe places to do that yeah mm-hmm. and they're clean and not like the gas station bathroom right Ew. <laughs> cool Faith, thank you so much for that that was awesome Sorry, took up too much that, no 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 you're fine uh that was really awesome okay shannon yeah tell us a story uh that was a challenge for you i think um i'm actually going to talk about something that happened before i was ever in the fire service because it really shaped um, me for a long time. I was, I was fourteen, maybe fifteen years old, and I remember like I was in high school and I was thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, and I was like, you know, like I've always thought being a firefighter would just be a badass job. Um, there's so many aspects of it that I really enjoy. I love the physical aspect. I love like problem solving, thinking on your feet. Like it seems like it would be really something that I would love to do. And um, some people have like generations of firefighters in their family. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people. Mm -hmm. I had no one that I knew who was a firefighter. The closest thing was a really good family friend. Their brother was a firefighter. 
and this was in California. Um, and I remember it was at like this family gathering and I was like this like dorky 15 year old and I was like really nervous to talk to him because he had like, you know, his typical firefighter, like big dude, he had the mustache. <laughs> With like, his muscles yeah, and his and, tattoos. You know, he was and... just like the dude at the barbecue was like taking care of everything. And I was like, that guy's awesome. Yeah, I think, and, I think yeah. the same thing about those guys, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, I mean, I, me in a different way, but totally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get yeah, you, yeah. I feel you. And then, but I was like, I, I like got up the courage to like ask him about being a firefighter. And I was like, hey, you know, like I know I'm still a little too young, but like this is something that I like kind of think I'd really be into and he was an asshole to me he literally was all like well literally like you'd probably get the job over me now because you're a chick and they're hiring chicks over qualified dudes (gasps) I'm serious and I was just like like I never (laughs) even met this guy before and he was he was a complete and utter jerk about like everything I was like it really like caught me off guard I mean I'm like 15 years old and I was like oh um okay like it really was and then I didn't want to do it because I was like I if this is how guys view women in the fire service like that doesn't sound like a welcoming environment that doesn't sound like a place I want to work if literally they they look at me and they're like you stole my buddy's job because they had to hire you Right. you're a pair of tits, you know? Like, <gasps> that's literally how he made me feel. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, oh, um, okay, like, cool. Um, sorry to bother you. <laughs> Keep grilling, I guess. Thanks, thanks, like, thanks for thanks, the advice. Thanks for the advice. And I think about, like, if I had been a, if I had been a guy, right, mm-hmm. and I had been like, hey, man, like, I think it'd be really fun. He'd probably be like, yeah, come to the station. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. But I really You're feel not. like I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I really feel like he'd be like, yeah, we'll set up a ride along, and you could come to the station, and you should take these classes and start working on this and that and this, because that's just sort of what it felt like to me. And then, he, but he just completely, and I, it it definitely like. I went a very different path for a little while, like not a bad path. I wasn't like doing drugs or anything. I went and I got my bachelor's degree, but <laughs> but then after that, I was like, well, guess what? I still want to be a firefighter and fuck that guy. Totally. You know. And so I just started, you know, I started going down that path, and and then I got into the fire service, and everyone was amazing. <laughs> I really like. I mean. Part of it, I think it's fate, but like I was living in California and California was in a really bad recession at the time. So no fire departments were hiring, but somebody had given me the advice, like you should just apply out of state because, Mm -hmm. you know, other states just aren't hit as hard right now. And so I just, I literally started mailing out applications like anywhere, anywhere that would, that would hire. And then Santa Fe County, oh, sorry. Can you cut that? Anyway, <laughs> the, this very urban uh, department, uh, a rural department that I, I didn't know anything about it, um, but they, it was the first place I tested and they hired me. And so I moved um, yep. without knowing anybody and uh, without knowing really anything about the department. And then I get there and, and like everyone was amazing um, and super friendly. And I didn't feel like they looked down on me for being a female. Mm-hmm. I never, like in the academy, I was the only female in my academy there and no one ever treated me like, you know, differently or, or looked down on me because I was a female. And I always really appreciated that sense of like, I felt like I was just as good as everybody else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, when you passed, were you like, haha, fuck off? Or kind were, of. Like, was there like a, what was your reaction when you passed well, and you got in? And the weird thing too is that like, I've, I never saw that guy again. Sure. 
and I really like he's you know like I said I mean he was a family friend's brother so like I he wasn't really even anyone who meant anything to me right but I just he left like such a lasting like impression on me and like it really made me feel like dudes must hate women in the fire service and maybe it was just that specific department. I I don't know. I don't know his backstory. Sure. Maybe he tried to get in and he lost the job to a chick. I don't know. <laughs> right. I have no idea. Maybe he was just having a bad day. Or he was fighting think, with his baby mama or something. I think no, it, it speaks to a scarcity mindset that is super prevalent in the industry in general, which is like if like the pie is the shape of the pie or the size of the pie. And if somebody is taking an extra piece, that's a piece I don't get or my parent, friend doesn't get or my family. It's not like oh, maybe the pie can change or maybe we can like, maybe we can do more things or hire more staff or, you know, it's just like, nope, uh, your success is my failure. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And well, and it just, like I said, I felt like if I had been a guy, it would have been a very different conversation. And like, I've, I've had people come up to me and they've been interested in the fire service and I would never say anything like that to them, even if I completely didn't think that they would ever get in or, you know, I, I would never do that to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, if somebody is taking the time, you know, especially like a scared 15 year old to come up to you and, and talk to you about something like you think that you'd at least be, I mean, he just was, he was a complete jerk and it definitely made me feel like it was, it was a very unwelcoming industry for women. That's, that's what it left me with. And yet, in the fire service, I mean, I've I've experienced a few things for sure, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I feel like that's the exception. At all of the departments that I've had the pleasure of working with, I've always been treated extremely well by all of the men that I've worked with. They're mm-hmm. great individuals, um, and I've never had I've never had a problem. And I know that other females have, and I'm not so I'm not downplaying that. I just know that like, for me in the actual fire service, I've always felt relatively welcomed by everyone. But yet that like, so if you're out there listening, like, don't be an asshole to people that come up to you and like, <laughs> well, but like you were saying too, Daisy, about like the, you know, the, um, when, when we're trying to hire people and when we're putting out advertisements and stuff like that, like maybe we also need to reach out to some, you know, younger females and be like, listen, this is a job that you can do if you want, you know, like this is also, isn't the job for everybody, male and female. Exactly. And, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. it's not a job that you can do. Like not everyone can do it. It takes a very special kind of personality. You have to have physical strength. You have to have, you know, problem solving skills and, you know, you have to get through the EMT portions of everything and, and it can be, be very cool challenging. with station life. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you have to live with people, yes. you know, and some really dirty people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, In more ways two, than one. Yeah, for two, <laughs> for two days. So I think, but I definitely think that there could be more like hey, like this is something that you could do and these are things, you know, to kind of give you a feel for it and to help you prepare for it. Like you were saying, you know, Daisy was saying to Sam, like if you had had help with the the test, like maybe a little bit more mentorship. Sure. But again, it's just, I just think that it's not even on a lot of females' radar to be like, oh, that's a job that would be cool to do or something that I could even do. Because like when you look, like when I, I'm the only female in my station, um, at least on my shift. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that's like, that's what they see. You know, when you see a fire truck parked outside of Costco, it's usually, you know, four dudes in it. And when that's all you see, then you're not really thinking, oh, well, that could be me, you know, as as a 15-year-old kid talking to some asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do feel like we are in a position of being mentors mm-hmm. and being role models for other females that might want to do this hard work that we've chosen to sign up for. 
and that we so. I think for the most part that we all love, right? Yeah, like, I love absolutely. I love this job. I I'm, I'm like busy. I'm like eleven years has gone by in a flash, and it's I I love going to work every day. Mm-hmm. So Faith, do you still love it? I think you've probably been in the longest. Yeah. Of all <laughs> well, all I I do love it, and it's so funny. I had I feel like I have had a unique experience in terms of culture or, or my own um, personality, where I I just I witnessed. Every as a third rider, I started witnessing station culture, and then and just it was very formative to me. And so, um, I kind of took in my my impression is that I kind of took in like, okay, this is how I have to act in order to be accepted or be cool. And so, it, I really was like nonchal, super nonchalant, super cold, super curt with patients, uh, like on calls. I, so I came into my current department as a paramedic, and I was like, I got to be the alpha. I got to be quick. I got to be in charge. I got to get the d- call done quick. Cannot let other u- units take calls in my district. Got it. Just like. gotta do all this stuff in order to be cool and accepted right and it wasn't quite that like one for one in my brain but it was at least unconscious and probably partially conscious also and so and then as time got went on and I became more confident and more like myself and and connected with patients in different ways I was like oh no I can't (laughs) I'm willing to be to spend some time with this person or to be nice to somebody in a way that my co I know my coworkers will call me soft for or whatever it is. Um, so I think like my personality has gone the opposite direction. So I'm like more, more doe eyed than I was when I came in, I came in and was like, Nope, I'm just don't mind me. I'm not a woman and I'm not new and I'm not, like, I'm just, don't worry. I'm jaded and I'm nonchalant and I'm quick and I'm, <laughs> and so now I'm like, actually I'm, like really interested in emotions and like <laughs> and vulnerability yeah, exactly <laughs> so that's my that that's my perspective is I love it more than ever and I, more than ever I'm willing to say like oh no I bring something different to the table than gotcha. a lot of people gotcha mm. okay Daisy I want to hear your story well what now we're talking about something that was challenging or is challenging yeah well yes like a challenge that you faced and it was a challenge because you're female and had you been a man it would have been it may not have been a challenge well i think it it, it's actually something that i'm kind of going through right now because i'm considering you know at 13 years into my professional career i'm considering um you know what does the remainder of my career look like really in our department the next step would be a leadership role a supervisory role where you know we have our lieutenant is like the next step um, and my impression of where you are is everybody's like, uh, Daisy, when are you going to become yes. a company officer? Are you applying? Are you applying? Yeah. Are you applying? So yeah. it's been really flattering, super flattering. I've been getting a lot of pressure from other leaders who are like, uh, you put in your application this go around? Mm-hmm. What about now? What mm-hmm. about now? And I'm like, no, leave me alone. Like, I don't want to do that. That's icky because, <laughs> you know, as a supervisor, you're no longer one of the guys. You're the boss. And when I consider what would that look like for me, it would be this profound change. Like I've imagined it as this profound change where I'm no longer one of the guys. Uh, well, at this point in my age and career, I feel like maybe like someone's older sister or mom, <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I fit in really well in that, in that role and it works really well on shift. And so if I were to take this, assume this leadership role and I've, I've gone through, you know, most of the required training and I would have to push myself to really, um, bolster some of my weaknesses and go into the next level. But I'm convinced like all of a sudden I would have to be like a bitch 
Mm. You know, I would I would be disliked because I would have to say, yo, that's not cool. Act right. Or I'm going to have to write you up. <laughs> like, like, I, like, I, can't I love that you can't even say it without laughing. I can't even imagine it seriously. So it's really hard for me. And I'm like, why am I, why am I having so much trouble with this? And I think um, partially because uh, I don't want the men whom I very much respect and love for their opinions of me currently to change. I don't want but them how is it different to like a, me any less. But how is it different than a dude who's now. their friend who then becomes a lieutenant? It's different, so I, I would think. I, I mean, it shouldn't be, maybe. It's different based on my gender. It, it's different for, um, uh, I think, for a male. Like, obviously, you know, it's like, yo, bro, we're friends. Like, now you're acting like a dick. Like, what's yeah. up? And they would have it out. But I think for a woman, you would automatically, this animosity would just grow silently, you know, and then, then the divide would just grow without being able to come to each other. Are there any female lieutenants? No. Yeah. No. And that's the thing that, too, that I remember as like, I, yeah. and that's just it. Like, you you don't have any models to, like, prove or disprove your theory either, right? Like, <laughs> No, it would be terrifying it would take an incredible realize that we we don't and it would it would take so crazy uh, a level of courage that i don't currently possess nor do i want like feel that it's necessary for me to feel validated in my job i am so satisfied with my role as a paramedic i i feel very much like i serve a great purpose in my role right now that I would miss if I was in a leadership role. And that's just like, that's why I say I wouldn't like the job because I wouldn't. I mean, I I like being with patients one-on-one. I like, you know, being, you know, with the crew on the ground floor. I like suffering during mop-up for five hours just <laughs> along with everyone else, pulling off your helmet, your ha- chunks of your hair coming off in your helmet, and you're like, that feels good. Like, it sucked, but it feels good to have – Share the suckage. Share, share. <laughs> yeah, share the suck. Um, so that is something that I consider that I feel kind of about. Like, uh, now if I was a man, like, though, would I just say, screw it, now go for it? Because this is your career. And once it's over, it's over. So do you want to be remembered as, like, the sat on your paramedic license for 20 years? Or do you want to be remembered as the first female lieutenant? It also sucks yeah. though when you have to be like the token, like mm. you have to take that step to, into waters. Like, because maybe if there had been other female lieutenants in the department, Daisy wouldn't feel that way. Oh, the pressure would be off for sure, for sure. And there's, and uh, in, in even other leaders have said to me like, "Well, you know, you need to step up because I don't want someone else to, <laughs> you know, because like we kind of approve of you." I know. Mm-hmm. I hate that tokenism and i and i I, if it's flattering it's very flattering but universally speaking there's something a little wrong with it isn't it i mean to me i like looking at it now it's like oh every time that i'm offered that it's at someone else's expense right it's like oh you're the cool girl and so at face value that's like thanks but then it's like no what you're actually saying is somebody else isn't the cool girl yeah And, and and honestly i wouldn't want that position unless i was absolutely qualified 
and going to be great at it and be a benefit to the department. You Which know? to have I obviously think you, would you be. are. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's the part But that I and I'm acutely aware of my my weaknesses on like fire every, tactics. But everyone instance. has you know, weaknesses. Yeah. Like I mean if you're everyone. if you're on the if you are on the med unit, like you're not you don't get those same reps in, exactly. right? It's but it's not something you're smart. You've been in the fire service long enough. You could you could overcome that. I think that but it's something that you have to do only if you want to do it, yeah. you know? Like you can't let this external pressure force you to do it if you're happy where you're at, but also don't do it just because like or don't not do it just because you're worried about, you know. I mean, I get it. I I I feel like I have a great relationship with a lot of the guys on, you know, that I work with and I wouldn't want that opinion of me to change. Yeah. But at the same and it, yeah. Yeah. And and the fact honestly, the fact that I'm a woman, like it's almost some kind of inherent feeling like I'm lacking this feeling of struggle. And I almost feel guilty for having such a easy time. I mean, we're talking about a subject that I think affects women differently across the nation and the world in this profession. Absolutely. And it's a very personalized one. Not everyone's, you know, experience is like, yeah, everyone's awful to me yeah. just because I'm <laughs> yeah. a woman. You know? That's out there for sure. For sure. And There's I, a spectrum, right? It's yeah. a total spectrum. Yeah. And I have enjoyed, like you, Shannon, like, yeah. I feel like I have gotten nothing but support and, uh, you know, camaraderie from my guys i love them and here's a shout out to all my guys <laughs> but i i just walked into it kind of obliviously because i never in the in the beginning i never was like this is gonna be hard because you're a girl but i've i'm kind of awkward in that sense i'm an only child you know and i only had my single mom who was my hero you know and she never said word one like you know she was she just boldly went forward so I was just assuming that I was gonna adopt like seventy five older brothers, and that's what I got. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's for, where you're for at. all the right reasons. And yeah, and that's where I'm at. And you don't want that to change. I don't want it to saying. change. And is that nothing, bad? No, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. You know, I I have so many thoughts to everything you're saying, and they're just like going through my head. But because um, I know we're getting close to our time, so uh, I'm just gonna shoot them out real quick. Yep. Um, so I think that if you do were to promote, mm-hmm. um, in some sense, you would be doing a disservice to your department because you're so good on the truck. Like you're so good in the community. You're so good taking care of patients in your bedside manner. Mm-hmm. They would lose that. You know, the community wouldn't have that. They'd have you in a different role. Um, the other thoughts is I think like as you make the transition from being a firefighter paramedic to being a lieutenant, certain parts of your personality need to come out more than others. And so I think having that authoritative tone maybe mm-hmm. uh, is often looked at as as being a bitch, even though you're not. But I think it would be looked at as being a bitch because you are a female, whereas if it were a male right. with those same personality traits and those delivering the message the same way, they wouldn't be looked at. As and don't get me wrong. I am bossy on scenes. <laughs> like, I boss everyone around on as the scene. As a good paramedic should. Yeah. yeah. But but it's not punitive. You know, it's at no consequence really to, to the guys because, like, there's zero ego involved, you know. But I also want to plant the seed of um, I'm big. As if you've been listening to any of the shows, you know, I'm big on mental health and burnout and keep keeping yourself – 
sane while you're doing this because it's easy to get the the micro traumas that I talked about, you know. Yeah. And so I think it's important to really look within ourselves to find out if the decisions that we're making for our careers on a personal level are truly good for us and good for our mental health because you're the one that has to do the job long term mm-hmm. and is is that role going to lead to your burnout or is it really going to re-motivate you and re-stimulate you to take on a new challenge and to be the best you can be for that crew? Mm-hmm. You know, so you, only you can weigh that. And there's no right or wrong. It's just truly what's best for you that's going to lead to your longevity in the department. So that's my two cents. Thanks. Thanks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we are getting to the end of our show. Um, this has been so much fun. Um, I like. I just want to keep going, but I know we can't. We're going to do a third. <laughs> These guys are like, shut up already. <laughs> no, they're doing great hanging in there with us. Shout out to Mark and Nick. Thank you guys for all you do for the show. Um, but we are getting to the end of our time. I just want to close out with any final thoughts or if there is – Shannon, we're going to use your example. If there was – somebody who wanted to get into the fire service and she happened to be a female what would you say to her i do it like (laughs) i just i mean it you i think it's something that you definitely have to um you have to do a little bit of research which can be intimidating right like how do you do that if you don't have a family friend or um you know if you don't know someone in the fire service it can be like what are you going to do walk up to a station and knock on the door and be like hey i want to be a firefighter but guess what like if you did that i mean obviously probably not right now because of covid but in general like that that would be something that that would be cool be like yeah come in let's talk I'll, you know how can we help you you know these are the, these are things that you know you could do to prepare yourself these are classes that you can take at a local community college like you know, get these things done, you know, work on your fitness, do all these things and, and be like, you know, kind of point them in a direction and down a path. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just planting that seed of like, if it's something that you really want to do, if you work hard, you could get it done. Absolutely. Daisy, what would you say? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. Uh, I would say really understand your motivation. Like, Mm. why is it that you want to do the fire service? Like, what is it like you think goes on here? (laughs) 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 Um, Because just anybody, regardless of their gender and their race or their background, um, you know, they, you can choose to do something because of uh, the like glorified image that you have in your head around it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I think, you know, make sure you're humbled, you're, you know, taking your ego out of the equation and and doing your research and really yeah. would this be the right kind of job for me and am I doing it for the right reasons? Cuz if you are, you know, then absolutely get with Shannon. She's going to train you up. <laughs> or or Samantha. She's yeah. going to make you comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm going to make that a t-shirt that says that. That's get comfy be being uncomfortable. Pretty much. And faith. Oh, what what left? What else is there to say? You guys got the good ones. I think, um, yeah, I, I think that I would just be curious with her and and ask what she um, already, you know, what she thinks the job is, um, what she already feels strong in, what she, and then anything that um, that seems like it's missing from. Oh, actually, we this is a different part of the job, or this is a different this scheduling element, or whatever it is. Um, just have a an honest and frank conversation, but really be encouraging also. Um, and I, I think I haven't encountered, like I'm trying to think when you said, make sure that she's coming in with humility or 
I'm, I'm like trying to think if I've encountered, I don't think I've like run into that many women coming in thinking they're hot shit. Yeah. <laughs> I might uh-huh. be wrong, but uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so. I'm all, Hi, I'm Samantha. Have we met? Have we met? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, we met. Did you think you were hot shit? No, but confidence, no. confidence no. is a major key. Like you can't, you can't come in without a certain level of, of confidence and in your own abilities. And if someone were to say, you know, uh, I'm worried about doing this, but you know, I'm a girl. You're like, obviously. <laughs> um, no, uh, that absolutely would be the first thing that needs to be reevaluated because it's obvious, like, that doesn't mean anything. You can do this job regardless of your gender. Yep. And that's the bottom line. So remove that from your head. Yep. And let's move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for all of your feedback and all of your input today and all of your thoughts and the honesty and your vulnerability. I'm getting Brene Brown on you guys. Uh, Thank you for your vulnerability and your emotions. Um, (laughs) It's been really fun. I really, you know, I just really want to take a moment to kind of just truly thank you guys because when I when we started this an hour or however long ago, two hours now, five hours, I don't know how long we've been talking. Um, I wasn't really sure how it was going to go. Of course, I had like something in my mind, like an idea of how I wanted it to go. But you have completely surpassed what I thought Pillow it fights. was going to be <laughs> in our underwear. Uh, <laughs> six hours later. <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much. I, I, I'm really excited to share this with all the listeners. And thank you guys for being part of this. It really does mean a lot to me that you're here. So um, all of you that are listening, I really hope you like these last two episodes. This, it's been super fun. And I hope you learned a lot and got to see see things from a different perspective. That's truly my wish for these episodes that you're listening to. Um, but thank you so much. If you have any questions, thoughts, ideas, show topic ideas, please email me emergeeducationsolutions at gmail.com. And until I talk to you next time, everyone stay safe. <laughs>